0: Hey everybody, it's Brad here. Before we get started with the show today, I wanted to take a minute and let you guys know about our coaching program we run here at MacroZinc. We believe that every person on the planet deserves to live their healthiest and best life. A qualified nutrition coach and personal trainer can be the key to living that life. At MacroZinc, we provide fully customized one-on-one nutrition coaching and online personal training that has changed the lives of 10,000 people and counting. We offer a two-week free trial for our nutrition coaching and you can get started risk-free today. Just go to macrosinc.net slash services and sign up. Let's get into the show. Welcome back, everybody. I am Brad Dieter, the Chief Operating Officer here at Macros Inc., a nutrition and fitness coaching company, and this is My Take, a podcast that discusses current events in nutrition, the business side of the health and fitness industry, and a little bit of everything in between. Let's get into the show. Alright, we're just going to jump right into it today. We're talking about a little bit of caloric restriction and longevity for our nutrition insight for the day. So, for some interesting reason, over the last few years, it's become very popular to talk about the idea of fasting or caloric restriction for longevity. Now, the kind of the thesis or the idea is that if you either, A, eat in a state of a calorie deficit or you restrict calories... Or if you fast, you can increase your lifespan. Um, I wrote something about this a long time ago and and there's a few I guess not maybe a long time ago 'm um, about two years ago but there's a few things to consider um, one is I think probably the most obvious thing that we should talk about first before we dive into like the hard science of it is think about the difference between you know just the length of your life and the overall kind of area under the curve of your life right is if you were to plot like and on x y axis of like length of your life and quality of your life just because you live longer doesn't mean your area under the curve is going to be super long right like you could live until you're 120 but if the last 30 years of your life you're pretty frail and you're not able to do much the quality of those years may not be super great on the other hand if you know, if you have maybe, let's say you live 85, 90 years, but for all of those years, you're able to do a lot more than maybe you would have if you had fasted um, for forever. There's a discussion to be had there, right? And I'm not saying that that's how it works, but that's one of the things to consider is the exact number of years you live is just one component of your overall life, right? And what you need to consider. Uh, So that's the first piece. Now, the second piece is, what does this science actually tell us of caloric restriction and longevity? So the first thing to, to start is most of the evidence that we have actually is from model organisms, right? We don't have a lot of great research in humans for what happens if you restrict calories or you fast and do you live longer, right? It's just really hard to do that experiment. So most of what we have is from uh, really model organisms like worms, mice, uh, and some, you know, non-human primates, right? Like monkeys. Now there's been some research, but here's kind of what I want to summarize for you is the idea is that caloric restriction, you know, resulting in weight loss leads to reduced energy expenditure, right? So we, we burn less energy and that, you know, this essentially results in kind of a lower metabolism and that if you have a lower metabolic rate, it'll increase the lifespan or reduce overall aging of humans to a meaningful degree. So this idea that slower metabolisms increase longevity is based on a body of literature that's really grown over a few decades, but there's fundamental reasons to think this is far too simple. Um, Here's a quote pulled from a a paper that's actually studying the concept of metabolic rate and longevity. So here's kind of the brief quote. Across species, a gram of tissue on average expends about the same amount of energy before it dies, regardless of whether that tissue is located in a shrew, a cow, an elephant, or a whale. So this fact led to the notion that aging and lifespan are processes regulated by energy metabolism rates, and that elevating metabolism will be associated with premature mortality. This is called the rate of living theory. On the other side, we have another theory that's kind of related to this, and it's called um, the free radical theory of aging. So the free radical theory of aging provides a potential mechanism that links metabolism to the aging phenomenon. Now, since oxygen-free radicals are formed as a byproduct of oxidative phosphorylation, so basically the process of metabolism kind of produces these free radicals. And so if you can produce free radicals, uh, or if you can reduce the production of free radicals, maybe you can lower oxidative damage and you can live longer. Now, there's a couple things to look at here. Um, you know, one is if you look across, like, all species, right, if you look at birds, humans, insects, rodents, et cetera, is the idea of metabolic rate and longevity just doesn't show up, right? So if you look at different classes of animals. So let's, like, let's compare, um, you know, let's just say between birds and mammals, the comparisons, you know, they don't conform to our expectations. And then even within classes of animals, so let's just say we look just in birds, there's substantial interspecific variability in the mass-specific expenditure of energy per lifespan. So that means, let's say we're to take two different birds, the correlation between energy expenditure and metabolic rate and lifespan just is really not, um, it, it it's just... It just doesn't show up, right? It's just not a strong correlation. So if we look at that, um, it just, it doesn't appear to be a good marker of actual lifespan. So like, for example, um, there was a study that was done that actually looked at daily energy expenditure. So rather than basal metabolic rate, but total energy expenditure, to To look at, okay, does lifetime energy expenditure per gram of tissue, does it correlate with, you know, body mass? And can we see a relationship there? And what's interesting is that there is no relationship. And in some animals, there's actually a significant negative relationship where the higher the metabolic rate, actually, the longer they live. Uh, and so what we just don't see is we just don't see this relationship between calorie deficits and fasting, um, in lifespan across the entire mammalian kingdom or the non mammalian kingdom, so there there may be you know some benefits in some species, maybe not in others. Just the relationship between calorie restriction and fasting and longevity is just not there, so the kind of metabolic theory of aging doesn 't really hold up with, with actual like scientific scrutiny, neither does the uh, the free radical theory of aging, etc. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't reasons to be in calorie deficits or um, reduce our overall kind of free radical load. There may be benefits, and there may be benefits that could potentially help you live longer, but it's just direct mechanisms they don't really associate with or lead to substantial improvements in longevity. All right, moving on to our business insight for today. Uh, one of the things that we talk a lot about at Macro Zinc, and I think we try to do a pretty good job of being cognizant of and actually working towards is promoting a culture that we want to have in the company. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about what we try to promote um, in a second, but I'll kind of tell you, you know, how best to promote a culture. Um, there's kind of two theories of promoting culture and there, I think you have to do both. One is you have to actively live out what you want the culture of your company to be. Um, so if you have certain values, you have to really live those out and you have to put those at the forefront. And on the other side is your culture is sometimes less of what you preach and more of what you tolerate or don't tolerate. So you have to be able to put, you know, pretty strict bounds around what you find acceptable um, and what you allow in your company from a culture perspective, and you have to really be disciplined about maintaining that so it 's kind of both right it's it's positive reinforcement and it 's a little bit of like negative punishment right where you have to you know make sure that you don't tolerate behaviors that behaviors or um, you know attitudes or emotions or ways of operating in your company that are detrimental to your culture so at macros Inc you know there's a few things that we really try to promote. Um you know obviously one is a, a high level of responsibility. Um you know we lo- try to give our coaches as much autonomy as possible. Um but we also then hold them, you know, highly accountable. Right? So we we have systems in place to make sure people are, you know, doing their jobs, but we also um realize that People are adults, and we need to give them, you know, some autonomy and some responsibility and that they can live up to that responsibility. Another one is a pretty high level of transparency. So we run our company pretty open book. Um, We have monthly meetings every month where we kind of go over all of the, you know, major components of the company, like new clients, cancellation rates, financials, kind of the full shebang, right? We run a pretty open book. Uh, Other things are, you know, we are definitely a a client first company. Um, but we also let our employees know that the culture that we're trying to cultivate is one of, you know, our employees are the most important component of the business. And that is owners, we work for our employees. They don't work for us. And so what I mean by that is we've kind of heard this adage of the customer is always right and always put your customers first. And I think that's a, a good idea. Um, and we try to put our customers first as often as we can, but our employees to us come first, right? Is they are the people who every day give their lives to what we're doing. And so we try to make sure that our employees realize like, hey, we have your back as much as we possibly can in any situation. Um, And we always try to make sure that they have the support that they need, And so, you know, how do you build those cultures? Um, How do you put things in place? How do you promote those things from within? Uh, So we try to do a lot of, uh, you know, employee education. Um, We try to help them kind of promote their own careers. We, We try to run our organization such that, like, each person kind of runs their own small business within Macros Inc., to try to give them some autonomy. And so culture really is is what you preach and what you tolerate. All right, what am I learning today? Uh, today's message is gonna be short and sweet, is distill and focus. And, you know, a big part of you know whether it's coaching, whether it's writing, whether it's running a company. Um, you know whether it's your life in general. Is can you take all of the noise and all of the information um, and all of the energy that's going in a million places? Can you distill it and can you focus it? And so for me, you know, right now today, what that means is learning to say no to a lot of ideas and a lot of potential i you know options of places to go and pulling more of my energy into singular directions. And so kind of distilling ideas and focusing them, distilling energy and focusing them, and learning to say no to things that are not actually moving the ball forward, either whether it's your personal life or your professional life. Daily win time. Uh, today's daily win. I actually took, like, a full weekend away uh, for the first time in, gosh, I I can't even remember. I mean, it's probably been a year. Uh, you know, we, we got out of town. We rented a cabin kind of in the woods and did a lot of snowshoeing and really took probably about 36 hours of, like, leave the phone and the laptop at home and, and go and, and hang out. Um, got to spend some good time with my wife and Recharge the batteries and and I'm back at it. So uh, that is that's my daily wind. is just like hey let's top the tank back off and, and get ready to get after it. That's why there was no podcast yesterday. It was uh, Monday morning and had to get caught up from being away for the weekend, but uh, ready to get back and after it. And it is important to find time to do that and to recharge those batteries so you can you can come back with you know fresh ideas, fresh energy. And feel like you're not just going through the motions, but you're actually being thoughtful and productive. All right. Today's learning lesson. Uh, this is... You know, really just me kind of telling you guys a little bit about a YouTube clip that I watch all the time. It was a scene from uh maybe not a scene more, but a clip from one of the like the night shows, whether it was like a Jay Leno show or whichever or Larry King, whichever one it was. But Will Smith was being interviewed and I can't remember the exact line, but it it's something to the effect of this. He he goes, you know, the only difference between me and anybody else is that if you and I both get on a treadmill, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to get off first, or I will die. Uh, and so basically, you know, it's him just giving the analogy of like, I will not be outworked. Uh, if you and I get on a treadmill, there's I only know two things. I will die before I quit, and you will quit before me. And really, it's it's kind of, you know, that's a little extreme, but the point he was trying to make, and I think that we can all really draw from, is if you want to get to where you want to go, you have to be willing to get uncomfortable and give yourself the ultimatum of, like, the only way I'm actually going to quit on this is if I die. Um, and obviously, that's, you know, you, you don't have to actually die to get to where you want to go. But the idea is, like, you have to be willing to give an uncommon level of effort to reach most of your goals, right? If things were easy, most people would do it. Um, and this doesn't just apply to like, you know, weight loss or weight management or eating healthy. It's more related to everything else is the things that I've accomplished in my life that I'm proud of. None of them have come easy. Um, all of them have been through a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice, but then when it's done and you've gotten there, you really have a sense of pride and accomplishment knowing that like, hey, the reason I've reached X, Y, and Z is because I put in a level of effort that 99.9% of people aren't going to do. So that's my learning lesson uh, I'm going to give to you guys is, are you not afraid to die on a treadmill?